Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. All right, guys, this is the big 100, the 100th episode. We've made it this far, babe. I can't, well, I can't believe it because most things with you feel like the the long haul anyway really okay yeah. i'll take that as a compliment a compliment. <laughs> okay. i mean like we've been married 10 years well they, my what, longest relationship ever <laughs> the advice we got when we started uh, a podcast uh remember what they call it? this it's a hungry, hungry baby, baby meaning it's always needed to be yeah. fed um yeah. we have a hungry baby in the room yeah. but uh here we are in our 100th podcast you guys thank you for listening thank you for being uh supportive of us we believe that uh, we are doing kingdom work here and god is in control of this podcast and today we have uh, a great guest for you he's a five-year nfl veteran he's a wide receiver he's from the great great we love bend oregon don't we love ben, ben? ben's been on the radar yes. we bend oregon and and i would be remiss I'll, I'll wait for him to get on and do it properly but as a graduate of Arkansas, if I didn't do the, we know it's coming and we know it's coming. I'll just introduce him. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> he's a, he's a Super Bowl uh, champion. Um, his name is Cody Hollister and he's with us today. Hi, Cody. What's up guys. How you doing? You know, what's so funny. I got to share with, share with the listeners. Cause I honestly was like, this isn't happening right now. So when we were um, selling our home in Nashville, um, many of you probably list like, you know, on Facebook marketplace, whatever furniture <laughs> that you're trying to get rid of, or, uh, that when you're doing a moving sale and I had a few items on there and Cody messages me about a couch. I'm like, why does this guy have a picture like in the, like in the NFL? I'm like, this is a, this is a scam. Like this is one of those, this is one of those Craigslist people who's going to come here. And, uh, he's not going to need a couch at all. So, um, Cody showed up and. That is how we have yeah. him here on the podcast because Cody we, is the real deal. And and we ended up praying, sure. praying that day. We By the end did. of the transaction, we had a little, a little prayer circle. Um, yeah. Cody, how do you? I know the, the Arkansas thing. I know it's. How does it go? It pig suey, but it's got to be given the. Yeah, you were about day. to embarrass yourself. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you ready to get your falsetto on? Have you? You got to get really high pitched on it. <laughs> pig suey. <laughs> Try it. Go ahead. Come on. Me? Yeah. I thought it was like Sue. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. Maybe I not. Think you, did you, were trying to go, you were trying to go high pitch on the Sue. <laughs> yeah. Where are you supposed to go high? Where are you it's supposed to go? the beginning. So, woo. Pig Sue. I can't do it. We do have some good friends <laughs> from the University of Arkansas. So, shout out to them. Yeah. So, Cody, um, <laughs> interesting way to start the show. If we were to ask you the question, what was your turned on moment? What would that be? 
a turned on moment. Speaking of Arkansas, it would be at Arkansas. Uh, so I went to three colleges um, out of high school. I have a twin brother. We won state and uh, for football. And our whole dream and our whole life was to play D1 ball and then play in the NFL. And and uh, coming out of high school, though, I had no offers. I had me and my brother both had a D2 scholarship offer, like 70% scholarship. And we were just like, nah, it's just not, we don't have peace about it. So we we walked on to the University of Nevada, Reno out of high school, gotten $10,000 of debt, couldn't afford it anymore. So we transferred to Arizona Western Junior College, where we played one year and got re-recruited. And by the grace of God, they gave us a scholarship. We were kind of surprised they did. But as walk-ons in Nevada, they gave us a scholarship in junior college in Yuma, Arizona, in the middle of nowhere. Literally 10 minutes from the border. Like, it's just it's crazy. And played there for a year. And I'm with my twin brother, you know. And then we finally split up. So after that one year, I, go, I get a scholarship to the University of Arkansas. I had a good year at JUCO. He got a scholarship to the University of Wyoming. And it sounds like a dream come true. And it really was, it was a dream come true, but it's one of those things where I prayed about it and asked for it. And my whole life kind of came up to this moment of like, it was more than I could imagine and ask for it. it's an Ephesians three twenty moment. Um, not of him who was able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power work with us, power work within us. It's, it was one of those moments of like, Lord, I prayed for this. I asked for this. I even remembered the night before Arkansas offered me like, Lord, just give me this. This is this would be, you know, unreal. Some kid from Bend, Oregon, getting an SEC scholarship, and and they offered me. And then my immediate my immediate reaction though when they did was scared to death because I was like, now I'm leaving my brother. I'm going to the south, further from all my family and on the west coast. And and so I show up. This is my turn on moment because I show up to Arkansas, and I was just stripped of all identity you could imagine like I, I have a twin brother who was always kind of my big brother played that role for me he was he's an hour and a half older so he kind of played the older brother role and suddenly I was on my own and dude I slipped into like deep depression deep depression and anxiety um didn't know who I was didn't know how to speak for myself didn't know I just I didn't know how identity ridden I was until I showed up there and there was no choice but to just be myself and so suddenly I'm sitting there depressed, dude. I'm going to practice um, with a smile on my face and then going home and like putting my face in the pillow and just crying and calling my, my family. And, and it was, it was so bad to the point where it was like, you know, I was seeing a counselor at first and, but then I didn't want to go to see him. So I'd fake, you know, that I'm okay. And it was just this really dark, you know, I wrote a song called songbird that talks about that. Like I'm faking phone calls in my room, calling it lay low. Like I was, I was faking phone calls just to get out of hanging out with people because I was so like the person you see today is not you would not recognize that guy but the turn on moment is where the Lord took that moment of of despair and, and depression and anxiety and and there's one moment in particular where my FCA leader invited me to come speak at this prison and long story short I could get into it more um in a minute if you want but but he had me go speak at this prison and I was scared to death in this anxious, depressed state. And a bunch of us were supposed to show up and stuff. And I was one of, you know, two guys that showed up. It was supposed to be a bunch of us football players. And, and I showed up to be like a good Christian because I was always, you know, brought up to be 
to know the Lord, but I didn't really know him and his character. And so I speak at this prison and long story short, the Lord just spoke through me, you know, this says he's a lifter of our head and he lifted up my head. My confidence was up and my chest was out. And it was suddenly like, like I'm on fire right now. I was speaking with such confidence when the whole time before that, I was just like this timid, you know, didn't know who I was. And, and so the Lord gripped me right there. And then, and then to make a very long story short, um, you know, I spoke to this big group of women first and, and there's women crying and I don't even remember what I said, but the Lord spoke through me. And, and from that, leaving that prison, I was on the way back and just like, all right, this is, this is life. Like, this is what life is about right here. So I'm going to go back to college and I'm going to surrender everything to God because I was so used to being a lukewarm Christian my entire life to where I was like, man, I've never read a full book of the Bible. And I went back to school that day and i was like okay where do i start and then i slowly started to see god open these doors of a men's group and then a community at church and a missions trip and all these different things where i wasn't forcing anything but god just like slowly enticed me to just be fully surrendered and i was so that was like my i tried to make it as short as i could but that was a very um it was a turning point in my entire life well, it's it's so important, and uh, as I'm listening to all the twists and turns, one thing came to me: this metaphor for for life, especially as a as a football player, is you wear a helmet, and and sometimes that helmet is meant to protect you, but everybody looks kind of the same, and what we mm-hmm. don't see is the individual behind the helmet. You know, right. in other sports, Cody, uh, baseball, basketball, it's your face out there. Sometimes with these helmets. You have, uh, you know, the guys on the team and you really can't tell the difference. And, and, and that helmet is your safety, which we talked about. There is a certain surrender. I know um, from playing uh, back in the day uh, of high school is there's always this fear of getting hit until you actually get hit. And you're right. like, that's not that bad. You know, mm-hmm. like it looks violent. But once you get hit and you're sitting there on the ground and you pick yourself up and you say, hey, you know what? That's not half as bad as I thought it was. Okay. No doubt. And then, and then taking off that helmet and seeing everybody has a story. And I think that's what the listener, guys, everybody has a story. If you saw Cody on the field, you'd see him in his helmet, you'd cheer for him when he made a catch or a touchdown. But look at that story and where it came from. Right now, listeners, you're probably praying for something, just like Cody was praying for success and to fulfill his dream. And sometimes we get it, and then we're like, this, the first thing I took, Cody, was now what? Mm-hmm. you know there's adversity there's resistance there's persistence so i love that part and i love the surrender we talk a lot about the surrender here on the turned on podcast because sometimes we want to Angela, like you say white knuckle right mm-hmm. yeah white knuckle sure. process you know this is oftentimes we don't you know it's we want our will to be done so so much in our flesh that we don't allow for god to be in control and it's totally. so hard because we want to be 10 and two all the time with him. You know, we can co-create that way and we need to be taking action and have, you know, discerning, uh, you know, decisions, moves, turn left, turn right, move forward. Uh, but at the same time, there are moments where you have to completely take your hands off the wheel because that grip in life can get really vice, yeah. you know, and, totally. and actually become a new idol for you to be in control. Well, let, let's go here. Let's go back. Let's talk about persistence and resistance. Cody, two JUCO teams, you said, right, before you got your scholarship? One, yeah. University of Nevada, which is a D1, but we walked on. And okay, then we walked on. Transferred to JUCO 
uh, in the middle of nowhere, played there for a year. So, yeah. It's okay. So then tell us about, tell us about your NFL career. Cause that's been practice squads, injury, uh, you know, stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about that and where you find the drive every day to say, Hey, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, me and my brother, my twin brother, Jacob Hollister, he just signed with the Bills. He's been playing with the Seahawks. But our motto to our life is is the term no quit. And it's what we go by because we always say, like, the Holy Spirit ain't got no quit. And, mm-hmm. and dude, that's, that's our story. That's literally – it's like even when you want – like, there's so many times in my life I can't even – I get so passionate about this because there's so many people in this life who are so gifted – and, and there's passions on their heart and on their soul and given given to by God. And yet they've allowed themselves to quit and quit and quit is not surrender. There's such a difference between that. <clears throat> like a surrender is, is a surrender to the Lord. Like you're handing over quit is like, I've had enough. And, and so there's such a difference between like, Lord, I'm going to surrender this to you. And yet I'm going to work hard so I can work my butt off and not quit while also have, plain and surrender so the one it doesn't have to be one or the other so me and my brother's story is literally our story is just all no quit like i'm talking we show up to nevada and we're walking on and we're embarrassed because you know we have friends back home who got scholarships and we were like supposed to be these stars and and we're sitting there sitting in our dorms like looking at each other dude shoot you know the first night we looked at each other like dude should we just go back and work for our stepdad and, and start doing flooring and and no joke we thought about it like we thought about just turning home and we just said no like let's just stick it out and 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 then next we go to juco you know it's like these things just they fall together we go to juco we we are in the middle of nowhere around all this these different guys and and another moment of looking at each other like dude should we go back like this is a grind no one knows we're here like we're in the middle of nowhere no one even knows we're playing football at this point and people forget about us back home. Like you're just, you're just forgotten about it. It feels like, and the odds are stacked against you and, but we just didn't quit. So then I go to Arkansas depression and Jacob goes to Wyoming, just moved to tight end. Like this whole story is just mind blowing because our whole, our whole story is, is coming up to a very uncomfortable door and a door that God's open because people totally confuse like God's peace with like resistance because they're like, Oh, you know, if it's hard or if it's like pressure and all this different stuff, it must not be God. And that's totally not true. I think the doors that we come up to that are actually very, we can have the peace of God while God is still leaving there to be plenty of like resistance to fight through. Yeah. And so that's been our doors. It's like, God, I have the peace of you, but this feels like kind of hell right now. Like yeah. it yeah. literally feels like pressure and like, I'm, crying and i'm like in pain and i'm there's so much to push through but that that not quitting in that moment actually forces us to be reliable on the lord so even that pain like me and jacob talk about to follow jesus there's got to be such a high pain threshold and the higher your pain threshold man like the more excitement you can have for what the lord wants to do with you because you're just willing to walk through the painful doors Hmm. because people people start to feel that pain like they come up to the door and they're like oh this starts to hurt and it feels kind of uncomfortable and then they're like no i'm just gonna slip back into here yeah Yeah. Yeah. let's juxtapose that let's 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 juxtapose that because 
I always want to know, uh, I covered the NFL for a couple of years. I covered the Buccaneers back in the John Gruden days. So I got a chance to be on the field during games, you know, and, and from a, look, this is a fan's perspective because really Cody, I grew up a fan and, and, and being there, the game moves so much faster. I mean, it's so much more violent on the sidelines. It's, it moves so much faster. It's almost like the person watching TV at what, what we call the, uh, the armchair quarterback who always thinks it's yeah. easy. Decisions are made in such a split second and timing, especially as a wide receiver is everything. So I want you to kind of use it as a metaphor for life and decisions and, and moving fast and violent. But I also want you to describe, let's go to the good part first. What was it like? What is it like? There's got to be a rush of emotion when you are suited up, the music's playing, maybe it's a, a night game, the lights are on. What was the great part about that rush of, wow, not many people get to do this? You're in the lion's den out there. Dude, totally. And and game time is, for me at least, is such a time for just praise and glory because the before part is like the pain and the suffering and like the the grind, which I actually almost enjoy more, but the process. And and then when I'm suited up and get ready to go out there, it's like, Lord, this is this is like it was you know, I'm in the mud, I'm training, I'm all this stuff. And, and I've even had mental opportunities to do this on game day. But when I do, it's like, you know, this is the, the more the eyes for me, all I think about is the more eyes can, they can see the Lord. And, and so it's the, just the more opportunity me and Jay will pray before games. It's like, Lord, let your light shine before men. Like, you know, let the glory, let your glory be revealed. And, and so when I'm walking out there, it's truly just like, such a rush of almost like the modern day gladiator feel of, of you got millions of people watching, even this last year when not a lot of people could be in the stands. It's like, you got millions of people, millions of viewers. And, and, you know, you can feel that sometimes, but for me, it's like the rush of this is, this is the pinnacle, at least in my life right now of where I can glorify God most. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm going out on the field, it's like, this is literally my best opportunity to glorify the Lord. One with how hard I work, and how in the, any play I make, or if I'm going to allow fear to even operate in a play, I'm just withholding glory from the Lord. And so I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go out there and give it my all in, in the heart posture of like, Lord, you're about to receive so much mm-hmm. glory from this. And that's why I'm even here on this earth. So football, if football is like my sliver of time here, where it's like, man, I can maximize God's glory in this, you know, avenue of life right now. Well, then I'm going to like try and get everyone to see it. And, so that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking on game day. Well, what's interesting is uh, if you look at one of the greatest college football players of our t- all time and one of the one of the, definitely the top, uh, I would say, 75 on the 75th anniversary team, one of the best NFL players of all time. Um, the two guys I think about who really embody what you're talking about, obviously, Tim Tebow, who didn't have a great NFL career and then, uh, the Reverend Reggie White who um, I talked to some guys who played offensive line and uh-huh. Reggie was actually in between plays. He was a beast. I mean, he was, he was a big guy. I had a friend said he could move me at 300 pounds, could move me with one arm. Reggie was a freaky strength person, but he said he would be evangelizing between plays, which, which is cool. Um, and, and unfortunately Reggie went to see the Lord, Tim Tebow um, again, didn't have a great career, but this is what I want to ask you now. How do you escape some of the pitfalls we know that are associated with the modern athlete? Obviously, women, um, the lifestyle, the party, what that entails. And then um, 
what do you think you're made for? Uh, what is it like to evangelize in the locker room? Hmm. Yeah, geez. Um, so that first part, uh, you know, escaping temptation and all these different things, dude, there's so, especially my first year and second year being thrown into on the Patriots. It's like, <laughs> it is, it is a lot. Dude. Like it is a lot. And I haven't escaped everything, but you know, when, even when I went to the Patriots, it was like, you get all this. And I was on the practice squad first year and then second year I was on IR and, but it doesn't matter. Like you will have plenty of temptation thrown your way. And, and I've always been very intentional in, in that department, especially the women department of, of save myself for my wife and, and being intentional, but I've also compromised, you know, at certain times of, of falling in and starting to, you know, we just start to believe the lie. As soon as we start to believe the lie of the Lord's withholding from me, which is what the, which is what Satan did in Genesis three, then we're, we're bound to sin because, as soon as we, any sin can be just, you know, simplified as a lack of trust, because if I truly believe that the Lord is for me and he wants what's best for me, then I'm not, you know, I don't, I have no need to sin. Like I have no need because I'll just follow what my good father has for me. But as soon as I start to believe what the devil is trying to tell me, which is the Lord's withholding from you, he doesn't want you to have this, the world has it better. And so then when you're like, oh, maybe I should, you know, entertain something that I know I shouldn't. And and then you see the pain and the heartbreak of it. And, and then your soul breaks. And, and so I've experienced both sides, but overall, you know, even in the locker room, you know, I'm sure that my teammates would say, you know, they do look to me as, as like the, the Christian man who they, they come up to me with questions about something or a girl situation or, and I love being that guy. And it also, you know, the word calls leadership, you know, to live, you know, to a higher standard. And I think that, that's a, a healthy requirement. And so I definitely try to um, abide, which allows me to live a certain way. And, but yeah, man, being staying rooted with, with one in the word of God and, and allowing that to transform my desires and my mind. And then to being rooted in community, like I need brothers and, um, and mentors in my life, people older than me uh, or else I'm bound to be led astray. Uh, and then I forgot the second part of the question. But. Well, it was just, uh, you you kind of hit it both. We were talking about how do you, how do you stay straight and narrow? And then how do you evangelize in the locker room? You kind of, you kind of spoke about that because mm-hmm. you are, you are really, you're, you are preaching to an audience. Um, let's face it. If we look the biggest temptations, sexual temptations, money, um, everything that comes with that. I feel like we all go through this crucible for lack of a better term, where we are, we are, you know, go through the fire and, and some people don't make it out. Right. We, the history has plenty of cases of both professional athletes and just everyday people who never made it out because they, they couldn't find that. And I think by the grace of God, I'm here. I've shared some stories in the past on, on some of our episodes where, you know, I mean, there's, I could have very easily not been here today. And, and I, at times when I had to pull myself out and say, God, I know I'm chasing something, that is is superficial i'm chasing a good time walking out of a club at four o'clock in the morning and realizing that there's something dangling in front of me that i'm constantly going after but that's not going to quench my thirst what's going to quench my thirst is real relationship with jesus dude that's so so good and i love i love that you said that because exactly like you said this you know something uh, dangling in front of you there's a book uh uh, 
screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis. Yeah, oh, I've been talking about that talk a lot. About all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of my favorite books. It's patient because because screw tape talks about, and that's what brought it to mind was you saying that. But screw screw tape talks about how wormwood is this, you know there these two demons you know assigned to you know wormwood's assigned to someone and and screw tape's writing letters to him and and screw tape tells wormwood who's assigned to a christian guy who turns christian and and uh and he talks about that where he's like you know get him don't get him to fall too hard in sin just get him to compromise yeah and because if he falls too hard the christian will always turn back to god but if he can just get him to compromise enough to live in sin and almost be like functional in sin well then that's really dangerous because then you're just functioning in sin, hurting, hurting, you know, people around you and, and what it means to be a Christian and hurting yourself because you're putting up with sin instead of like actually falling and then turning back. And, and so that's what we need to be very aware in is, is today is, is, you know, I've never been the guy that falls deeply in, but you know, where am I compromising on, on certain areas of, of like, yeah, I can kind of twist that line a little bit or, or I can kind of play with that fire and, Maybe it'll bite you back, but maybe it won't. And then suddenly you're like, just, just staying on that line. And that's even more dangerous because God says be in or out. And so and we need to like we're not supposed to be lukewarm. Well, totally. You mentioned screw tape. Because we, I think it was on our podcast. We just talked about how screw tape, you know, with, with his patient, um, he just whispered in his ear, how about lunch? You know, when he right. would explore, just explore the, the, uh, you know, the audacity of God and, and who he was and, um, and you think about that slippery slope, it's a slow, gradual, slippery slope. It's never just, I mean, it can be a, just a steep decline, but that's just, right. he's so subtle. He's so subtle and so cunning. Totally. And I, that's why, you know, the world needs to be warned. He's not in a red suit with horns and a tail with a pitchfork. For sure. Totally. He's, he's what did he say? He's dressed in uh a, a white uh, white collared shirts with a cleanly shaven face in a boardroom. Yes, right, totally. It's going to come in all forms, including I think, including forms of the church, because totally, without a doubt, you know, Christ has a one bride, you know, one bride in his in his 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 bride and his Christians, yeah. you know. But when we start twisting the word and evolving the word and the form of church, oh then my gosh, totally counterfeited. <laughs> We have counterfeited the true bride, and therefore now Satan has his harem. You know, is really it's what it so is. Good. It's a harem of church that that is disguised yeah. as you know Christianity, and that's a scary, slippery slope. And so you you know when you relate that to the football NFL life, you know there's a lot of things that are cloaked in Christianity. You know that behind sure. the scenes are a counterfeit version of it because we're living a lie. We're believing the lie. We're slipping into the lie. We're on the gradual slope. Yeah. And we're just seeing the thing dangled in front of us. Well, I find it, uh, here's the thing. And again, you know, I always go back to he who's without sin throw the first stone. Yeah. I am definitely, I was a sinner. I am a sinner now. But the ironic part of what I see a lot of athletes and, and not to cast judgment, but with the tattoos, the scriptures, the, the gold, uh, the gold crosses, and then it's it's we come to that smorgasbord of well yes I want the scripture I'm a believer in God he I'll, I'll I'll make the sign of the cross after a big play or a touchdown but I just can't give up going out on Friday and Saturday nights and sleeping with women and and that's my sort of that's my sort of faith when it's I mean I was guilty of it let, let right. me say that again guilty 
of mm-hmm. that. What the hypocrisy of not following the full word, but it's it's a journey. So for for a decade, Cody, I'm guilty of this, and and then the relationship comes. So I want to get into the. I want to dig into the relationship. I want to dig into two parts of the relationship. First, I find it fascinating that you're a twin, and Mm -hmm. let's get into mom and dad and and Jacob is his name, right? Your brother plays for the Bills now. Uh Let's get into just a little bit of what is is the meat and potatoes of that relationship. How did it? What was it like growing up? What was the what was the Hollister family like? Where did you you said you kind of got this thirst afterward? But what was what was the family unit like back there in Bend, Oregon? So mom and dad uh, separated when I was, I believe, like three ish, three or four, and so I grew up in a divorced home. Uh, they went and remarried, and then eventually divorced from them too but i'm still you know kind of close to everyone especially my stepdad i'm still really close with and uh but grew up in a very the most loving home you could imagine with the most you know my mom who loves me more than you can even you know fathom i've never seen a mom love their kids like my mom and same with my dad but just different ways like my mom will just gush over you you know she'll stare at me and just start crying or just she's that loving and then my my dad is like not going to withhold and I love you or I'm proud of you or give me a hug or, or just, you know, rub my shoulders and, and just make me know that he's proud of me and, and, and wants the best for me and would take both parents would take the shirts off their back or do anything ever for my success or, or what I want to do. And um, so the, and then my dad's a first of our generation actually to be saved. So he, came to know the Lord when my, I have three sisters, my oldest sister's technically half with the same mom and my dad adopted her as the dad. And once he adopted her, he heard a small whisper in his voice that that said a good dad would take his hour to church. And so he did. And long story short, he became a believer. Um, The Lord totally transformed his life. And suddenly I'm born and my brother and, and he leads us up to know the Lord. And I've always known the Lord. I really have. There's not a day in my life where I didn't know that there was a God or, or believe there was a God. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, I knew of him and I even knew him, but I didn't have some intimate relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's where a lot of, and I don't want to go off track here, but, but I think that's where a lot of, you know, you mentioned NFL guys. I think a lot of us stay there with, with where I was for a long time of knowing there's a God sprinkling in it a little bit, but, it's not even a matter of like, you know, like, oh, you should do more. It's just truly like, you don't know the intimacy that's, that's there. Because if we, if we think that there's like some obligation that like, ah, I should be living up to this standard, well, then we're never going to be desired to do that. But it's simply just, you know, just like y'all mentioned, it's just a half truth is a full lie. It's like, mm-hmm. we're just believing little lies where, where it's like, you know, God, I should live, I should, you know, give this up or something. And then I can be a Christian guys always ask that. I'm like, uh, they're like, what do I need to give up? Stop doing to be a Christian. Or I'm like, dude, you know, we're asking the wrong questions here because, because obedience is a symptom of knowing God. It's, it's not, you know, it's not a requirement to know God. And so the one thing we need to do to know Jesus is literally to know him, repent and follow him. And then obedience is just a symptom of abiding in him. 
And so when we're, when we're asking the question, like, what do I need to do or what do I need to, you know, I need to do more than just, you know, pointing up to the sky on touchdown. Just we're asking the wrong questions because that's all on our own strength. It's, it's just asking more the question of how do I get to know him better? Because when we know him, well, then he changes us. But if we're just trying to do these things from not knowing him, like we're human beings and we're going to crash and fall. And, and so I kind of drifted there, but yeah, me and my twin brother grew up in that environment. Um, and my three sisters, two younger sisters as well. Um, and grew up in a very loving home, like I said, but then also a lot of, you know, there's a lot of dysfunction too that came with my generation of, of alcoholism and addiction and, um, Strongholds. yeah, totally. So a lot of things like that, where, um, my mom was sober for 20 something years in high school. She, she took a dive for about four years, um, pretty hard and relapsed and, and drank for, you know, four years. And through that though was saved and yeah. I'm trying to shorten this story, but she was, the Lord used me for her salvation. And now she's, you know, three or four years sober and loves the Lord and send me scripture. And, and, and then my dad has always been kind of like a functioning, you know, alcoholic. And it's tough to talk about my dad because, because he, uh, we don't currently speak. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, yeah. there's such a fine line between honoring and being honest because yeah. I just want, I, all I want to do is honor my dad because, because he's been the best father and still is the best father you could literally ever imagine, you know, did real estate just to schedule his time around coaching yeah. every team, being there for every game. Um, well, there's, a stigma with, there's a stigma with alcoholics that they don't function and that they can't love. And it's, and it's all bad. I was actually a girl last night in my class was speaking and she gave her speech and she goes, she started off this way. She goes, my mom loved hair. My dad loved alcohol and I loved softball. And she was a division one <laughs> softball player. And, and everyone was amazed. They said, because you just by saying that it's not funny, but you lightened it up and you humanized it. And, and then what happened is everybody kind of told their story. The other guy said, well, my mom was kind of like that too. So we need right. to say these things. And, and addiction is one of the biggest strongholds that uh, the enemy will hold over a family generationally. And um, that's important. Well, Coda, you said there's a fine line between honor and honesty. And uh, something we always say here at Turned On is, you know, success in anything's on the other side of a tough conversation. For sure. And, and sometimes that tough conversation is even being honest enough with yourself to speak openly about what it is that that troubles you in those particular relationships, you know, and, and like, totally. you're saying, like you're honoring him, but at the same time, there's an honesty that goes to it. And that in itself is honoring the right. truth of the matter. And it's honoring your love and it's honoring your commitment and it's honoring your desire for, you know, that relationship to be healed and for him to overcome. And so I just want to take a minute to, to honor you in that, because a lot of times we miss that, you know, we, we think that if I am being open and vulnerable about this, I'm not honoring. Totally. On the contrary, you know, I think it, it depends on the context, of course, but it also depends on the heart posture of the person. And I can completely relate to that. I mean, I, there were many times in my, especially in my relationship with my father, but you know, where I always honored him, but I had to be very honest with 
how I felt about, you know, certain things or how I felt things oh. worked out or didn't work out between him, him, him and my mother, you know? So that is, and I just want you to sit, just know like that in and of itself is honoring the Lord and honoring your father, because mm-hmm. the, that honesty there means that there's so much pure yeah. love that you're willing to come, you know, you're willing to come to that place of, of complete truth about it. And sure. a lot of people miss that. And for our listeners, I know people struggle with that. I know that they struggle even in their relationship with the Lord because right. you want to honor the Lord, but then they have these hangups about who he totally. is, you know? Well, when you call yourself to be a Christian, especially in the spotlight, especially as someone who's one of the rare NFL players, right? I mean, it's not, not many people get to do that. Um, when you call yourself then, and then you try to use that platform we go back to the scripture and even with you and Jacob, uh, the old, one of the oldest stories in the Bible, am I my brother's keeper? Am I responsible for them? And, and I think as men in general, as men, you know, I call my friends brothers and I don't just call anybody that, but if it's a close friend, I'll say brother, especially if it's a brother in Christ, because I believe we are supposed to be our brother's keepers and we are supposed to do all we can to help them out. And so I think that, you know, a twin is such a miracle of life, how that right. happens. And then there's that, uh, from what I, from what I've read, I don't know, you can expound on this, but that mm-hmm. just that other kind of connection that's different maybe than just a normal sibling connection. Oh, for sure. I can't even, I can't even begin to explain how close me and my brother are. We, I've never met two people closer in their life where, you know, it's been hard on other relationships sometimes because we're so close to where people see that they're like, Oh, I'm never going to be as close as that. (laughs) And, but dude, you know, where do I even start? Like, you know, we spent every day of our whole life together until the most we'd been apart was like maybe a couple of days until we split up in college. And we talk every single day now. I mean, we talk every single day of our life and, uh, the Lord definitely, you said, you know, the whole brother's keeper thing. And, and the Lord, me and Jacob would both say this is the Lord blessed us with a twin. Like we needed, you know, the Lord always provides for what we need. And, and without my twin, there's no way. I don't want to say there's no way, but you know, I don't see how I could have gone through what I've gone through without my brother being okay. my keeper. Yeah. And, uh, because through my journey, it's like we have literally just like fell on each other when I'm like depressed and I'm out of a relationship and I'm sick and I'm losing, you know, weight. And I'm literally like, he's carrying my cross. Yeah. And, and then there's times where him, he's down in the dumps, you know, he calls me and I know he needs me and I'm on my way and I'm, and I'm talking to him and I'm speaking to him. I don't care what, you know, I have going on. It's like, it all just fades out and the Lord uses me and I speak through him and and so the Lord has used people in our life so specifically, and most importantly, my brother, for sure. And I, I'm sure he'd say the same thing. Well, what's interesting is uh, the average career of the of an NFL wide receiver is two and a half years. And so you've beaten that. You're in your fifth year. So you've doubled it. Congratulations, along with your brother. Um, and so I haven't gone by odds my whole life anyways. Right. <laughs> um, and, but it hasn't. Here's the thing I found interesting, you know. Um, I loved when I was a reporter, it, it wasn't the game day stories that I loved. I wasn't like stats and stuff. I love the human interest stories. And, and that was when I sat down with a player and, you know, I remember I did a story on this guy, his, he was went through not one, but two of his houses burned down one as a child and, and one later on. I mean, just the odds of that happening. 
um, devastating and his and his belief in himself. And he didn't have an easy road to get right. there. And that's what I'm getting at, Cody, is it, as the fan looks, we see so often that those high draft picks, those All-American guys, um, and then you begin to look as a reporter and you always want to say, where did the guy go to college? Um, what was he drafted? And that's where I found out that, man, most of these guys that make it, that are really good, um, when, with the making up the roster and the, and the really good players that make up the bulk of the roster are the guys that came from small D1 teams or JUCO or they walked on or, you know, I mean, there was a guy I think you might have heard on that was a late six-round draft pick that uh, that you might have known on the Patriots that ended up yeah. pretty good. Um <laughs> You know, and I think about the work ethic there, um, because sometimes, if let's face it, if it comes too easy, um, we we always say there's natural talent, and then there's then there's the ability of what you do with that. And sometimes you can speak on this: those athletes that never had to work hard for it because it came so easy. Sometimes they don't have that work ethic. Now, the perfect scenario is when you have a guy with great work ethic and great natural ability. Those are the ones like the handful of people that we think of the Jordans, the Gretzky's, you know, the, the Tom Brady's that, well, Tom Brady really didn't have a lot of natural physical ability, but the Jordan did. So talk about that. What, what are you doing with your physical ability and then the work ethic? And then we need to know what happens. What does the next five or 10 years look like for Cody um, following the NFL? As you're speaking, I, a couple of things came to mind. One was uh, Mike Tyson. He said it best. He was like, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> and, and so some people's plans seem to be going according to how they plan it. And then they get punched in the face. Or maybe they've never been punched in the face. And it's always it's like that guy who talks a bunch of crap. And it's like kind of today since I, we could go on a whole other topic. But people can talk a bunch and and nothing happens and but as soon as i get punched in the face they're like okay maybe i'm not going to talk as much because it's reality and and so that's kind of like their plan and, and so it's like the expectation has always been there and, but some people have never been punched in the face and then once they do it's a humbling like okay you know now i have adversity to fight through and i love that quote because you know once your your plans do get thrown off what are you going to do are you just going to fold and quit or are you going to get back up and and throw down again and and so that's me and my brother's story is like, we've been punched in the face, dude, constantly. I got punched in the face multiple times this year. Like just this last year with so many different things with family stuff, football, just everything. And, and like I said, like no quit because there's no, uh, there's a proverb that says like a righteous man falls seven times and he'll rise again. And you know, that's, there's, it's like you have a choice, but you don't like when the Holy spirit's inside of you, it's like my flesh dude, like wants to give up. And then the spirit inside of me is like, I'm sorry, but it just doesn't allow you to like, you're on the ground and you're like, okay, here we go again. And so you get up and you just grind and that's my life. And then it also brought to mind the parable of the, of, of the talents and um, talents in that, you know, context being, you know, money, but I always apply it to like physical talents too, because um you know, short summary of the, of the parable is, is certain guys are given a certain amount of talents, one, three, and five, I think is the number. And, and, uh, the five guy multiplied his to 10 and then the three guy multiplied it to six. And, 
and the one guy buried his talent because he was in fear of, of the master. And, and so we wasted and he didn't invest it. And so with whatever God has given to me, you know, whether that be three or five, or I believe the Lord's gifted me in, in, you know, so many ways, mm-hmm. even music and, and just little ways, like even just little tiny things, it doesn't have to be this, you know, obscure gift that you like is so loud. And man, if you're like a little, if you're an artist or like you have a little niche in something or, or you just work hard or you, or you're empathetic or, you know, just look at where God's gifted you, you know, athletically, a podcast, you know, just yeah. things where it's like, it's like, where are you going to multiply the gifts God's given you? And for me, football, like obviously he's gifted me athletically. So I'm going to freaking work at that thing, invest in that thing, grind at that thing and not allow someone to tell me it's not good enough yeah. because the Lord's clearly made it good enough for me to make great and for him to just bless the doors to be opened and, and music like, man, am I great? Like, I don't think so, but he's given me a little bit of gift. I can kind of sing, I can kind of play, like I'm going to multiply that thing and grind at it and, and just invest because I got a short life. And so you're in the right spot for that in Tennessee. That's for sure. Yeah. Nashville is the place to be if you play music and football. For sure. But that's, I'm passionate about people just, you know, a lack of, you know, you can be content without being complacent. And so I want the contentment of, you know, what Paul talks about while never being complacent of like, Lord, what I have is good enough, you know, not good enough, but great. You know, what you've given me is, is more than enough and you'll always provide, you know, my daily bread and, and, but at the same time, you know, what have you gifted me with God? And I'm going to absolutely work my butt off to, to just multiply it. Jeez. You know, you hit on so many different things. Um, and frankly, you know, being about, you know, turned on is really about turning those, those gifts on inside of people. Um, again, those dark spots sometimes that, that fall into the hidden places and, um, giving, you know, glory to God and allowing him to shine the light on this for the, it to be fruitful and multiply, as he says, you know, and you've certainly done that. You've certainly done that not only in football, but, um, your, you know, music. And I can tell right now your heart in general is, is in a place of being fruitful and multiplying. And, and I believe that there's a, there is a gift. You're going to be an amazing husband and father. Um, and I know that's something we prayed about and prayed for and continue to. So Cody, in your eyes and in the, in the eyes of your father, your heavenly father, um, what is a, what is a, a godly wife. wife look like to you? Oh my gosh, man, pray for me. (laughs) I want my wife more than anyone. Trust me, but, uh, a godly wife, you know, I want to be, I don't want to be cliche, but, but just loving the Lord. And I'll give you a couple of cliche ones and then I'll give you, you know, just a plain insight one, but just loving the Lord with all our heart, mind and strength. Like that's what I want. And then after that, like, I just love natural beauty, like just, just naturally beautiful down to earth. But when it comes to the non-negotiables, just loving the Lord God with, with everything she has. And then I don't want to put too many, I've always said, like, I don't want to put, you know, you know, fit her into like, this is what I want. People ask like, are you a blonde or I'm like, I don't know, but blonde or brunette. And <laughs> I'm, like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know those kind of specifics because honestly with that, kind of stuff or like even characteristic details i don't want to be like trying to when i you know when the lord willing you know gives me my wife i 
I don't want it to be like, you know, she's fitting into something. I want it to be, you know, she loves the Lord God with all her heart, which is just a given. But then I just want to fall in love with who she is rather than who I project her to be. And, yeah. and so the way she comes, I want it to be like no expectation of, of I want her to be a certain way. It's like, because I used to write letters even to her. And then my mentor was like, you know, why don't you just write it to the Lord? Because I started almost shaping her into an image. And, mm. and then I was like, you know what? I don't want her to be what I want. I want her to be like what the Lord wants for me to where I'm like, that's more than I imagine, you know, and then every single detail of who she is, that's what I want. And so it's kind of a romantic answer. I know kind of cliche, but no, but, uh, I think it's awesome because it's something that you can yeah. continue to study, you know, yeah. uh, every, every single woman listening to this podcast now oh. just has a new favorite football player. Yes. Yeah. She's like, I gotta, I gotta go there. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and well, you know what? I've got a lot of listeners, Cody. Here's the thing. I mean, it's been, it's been a great show. And, and uh, one of the things is on numbers, football is a game of numbers. You know, you wear a number on your back. You have a certain number of catches. Uh, there's a certain number of games. Only a certain number of people can win at the end. Um, for us, the hundredth episode was was a number. That, and again, we, like just like you said with the wife, sometimes we place emphasis on things as we try and project the round number what they there, should yeah, be. Yeah. Well, the right. we, what is our hundredth episode going to be? Where are we? We're in a hotel. We're on the road. What, right. what should we do? Should we do a, a roundup of, should we pat ourselves on the back? And then we're like, I'm like, <laughs> you know what? As this was coming up, I'm like, Hey, it looks like Cody's going to be our hundredth episode. And, and Cody, right. we, we didn't plan this. So we, we talked to you a couple months ago and I asked you, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, if you'd be on the podcast and look how God has a way of doing it. I mean, look, because you could have came on the show and, and, and not given us nuggets and we could have said, Oh, that's our hundredth episode. It came and went. I believe God said, you know what? I'm going to put someone in your path that is going to give you wisdom. That is, is going to have uh, let's face it, a little bit of, of, of celebrity, a knack is something that people want to hear about an NFL player, but he's going to give your audience things that they need to hear and he's going to say it in a genuine yeah. way. And, and he's a God-fearing man. And your 100th episode, David and Angelique, is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'll be darned. Right? It is. It, it is. You just, Cody, there's something special about you. And it's funny because you said that you're, you know, your mom can be brought to tears just looking at you. And there's something about you. Like that day, I wouldn't let you leave without us praying for you. Something about yeah. you swells me up, too. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just think it's the Holy Spirit in you. You know, I, I really believe that um, you have abided so, you know, so deeply with the Lord that there's something that's that moves the human spirit through you. And I just really want to commend you for that. But I don't want to do that because it, then it glorifies you instead. But just I just want to honor you for doing that because it's an, such an example. And you said the word calls leadership to a higher standard. And you certainly are doing that. You've leaded, you know you're leading people from the field, you're leading people through social media, you're leading people through relationship, you're leading people eventually through music, and you'll be leading a family someday, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just want to speak life and declare that over you right now, because I just believe that for you. And it, it does it for whatever reason, it has moved my spirit on the couple of occasions that I've gotten mm-hmm. to spend some time and talk yep. with you. So Whatever that is, I know that I will tell you this, the Holy Spirit speaks to me um, in many ways, but I'm always moved to tears when he does. Yep. There's two mm-hmm. things. I either, I either cry or I sweat. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you've, you've gotten me to cry yeah. today. So yeah, there's something special going on there with you, Cody. And I just, I thank you for being a part um, of our lives now. And 
Um, and you have my couch. So if I ever want to sit <laughs> find it, um, and we'll have coffee someday with yeah. the, the coffee table. But, you know, honestly, there is, there's something very special and we just are great, grateful for the connection with you. We're grateful yeah. for what you've given the listeners today. Mm. I really believe there was a lot of juice there. Well, let's end with a fun question. Yeah. Let's end with a, and, and look here, I, I believe here, the thing in, in 2021 is I believe that we need to make Jesus fun and, and acceptable and, and loving and all those things, because I He's think some, so people, some, awesome. some people just like, oh, well, if you're a Christian, you're not going to have fun. You can't joke around. So let's have a little fun with with football and Jesus. If I were to say I'm going to create my metaphorical uh, godly football team, Jesus is definitely the head coach right? He's got to be the head coach because he's the one with all the knowledge and instruction. Um, I might look at someone like Peter as my quarterback. And, and here's my, here's my great pick. I'm looking, I'm looking at my middle linebacker as John the Baptist. Why? Because I want a guy that, that, that Eight eats locusts. locusts and has a big giant beard. John the Baptist is a guy. <laughs> people. So give me, give me some, give me a position fit uh, for, for a football player and somebody from, uh, from the Bible. Who do you like? Okay, Judas is the corner that's guarding me. I had a feeling Judas was yeah. going to come into this picture somewhere. And, uh, I, went, I went straight evil right away. Um, well, no, here's the thing. He's the corner that's guarding you. And, and, and look, you're trying, to, you're trying to escape that. You're trying to get around him. You, you don't want anything yeah. to do with that guy. Yeah. And, hey, I'm on offense, so put all the bad guys on defense for me. Right. There's a... Uh, <laughs> Goli- Goli- a bunch of Goliaths and the Philistines on the defensive line. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and then, <laughs> well, that, that Titan, that Titan offensive line certainly has some Goliaths on it for sure. Though. <laughs> and then put who? Who do you, who do you have a QB? I, I thought Peter would be a good QB. You said Peter. Okay, we need like a star position for David. Yeah, for let's sure. go. Uh, let's put David at running back. Well, David was kind of David. Well, kind of a, the smallest of the brothers, right? So I, I look at him as a slot guy. I, I see okay, him. As, <laughs> I see him as a slot guy. Uh, you know that. Okay. Yeah, that that uh, Julian Edelman type, right? <laughs> okay, let's put let's put him there. Then let's put Saul in, not Paul Saul, but but Saul in. Uh, let's put him at somewhere tall. The other uh, the other wideout because it says he's a you know, a head taller than any other man, but he's a little insecure. Yeah. So we can, he's a little bit of a drama queen. We can <laughs> okay, I like it. I like it. I think we got, I think we got some here. I think we got some. <laughs> I like the way we ended this. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. All right. Hey, I hope you guys have enjoyed this time with Cody Hollister. Uh, yeah. Uh, t- Titans wide receiver. Um, you, you got a ring with the Patriots. Yes. Yeah. Heck yeah. How cool is that, man? That's so cool. Me and my brother. Holy Spirit ain't got no quit. Him that's and my, his brother. That's one of my takeaways today. Holy Him Spirit. and his brother. got no quit. That's awesome. That, you need to make a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what? Uh, we do this. Let's go. Let's pray. Uh, let's pray over our podcast and let's pray over, let's pray over Cody and, and his, hmm. and his influence over the rest of the league and, and what he might do. Go ahead. It's always, I this. always do this. Yeah. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much for the 100th episode of turning people on to you. And God, we ask and, and are so grateful that um, that you brought the right person for that episode, and it's Cody. But God, we just ask for a special blessing over our listeners today that these words from Cody and for, from David and I um, really were from you. And 
that the words were on our tongue were a submission to you, Father, in the Holy Spirit, and that they reached the ears of our listeners and turned on something new. And God, we just thank you so much for what you turned on through Cody and what Cody was able to do as a result of his obedience to you and his walk with you, Father. And we just pray right now that you continue to protect Cody and his walk within Psalm 91 protection, that he seeks refuge under mm-hmm. the most high and, and under your wings, that he walks with you under your shadow. And Father, that every step that he takes is a step with the Holy Spirit and in sync with you and the cadence that you find is to success and favor so that you are glorified. Mm-hmm. And God, we just ask that Whoever this beautiful, godly, fearing woman that is, that is meant for Cody, that she be revealed, Father. And that when she's revealed that Cody, just like Adam, will know her. He will see her and he will know her. And he will know in his heart that she was prepared for him, just like he, from his side. To not be above him or below him, but be beside him in this walk through life. Amen. And that the kingdom work that is to be done through him shall be multiplied with her and the fruit yeah. that shall be created will be to glorify you, Father, in your kingdom. And God, we just ask right now that the same for all of our listeners, that the hearts that were touched today receive whatever it is that is on their lips in prayer. And when their knees hit the floor tonight in honor of you, that you hear their prayers, each and every one, and you guide them to lead a more turned on life. In Jesus' name, we thank you for all of these things and declare them in your name. Amen. Amen. Here's to 100 more episodes, 100 more catches, 100 more touchdowns, uh, and success in life, my friend. Thank you for being a part of the Turned On podcast. And our listeners, thank you for listening today. Please like and share this episode. Uh, Be the light of the world. And we will see you next time right here on the Turned On podcast. 